I probably could have brought an extra suitcase, especially since I had a car, and just brought my entire audio rig to do this. But that might have been overkill, considering we weren't entirely sure we were going to be able to do this. No, it's good to uh, get together. Preseason this year was a little different since we didn't <laughs> rank the teams in the same room. <laughs> Mostly not even in the same uh, time zone. True. Or true, area true. code. Uh, somehow kickoff still gets done and published on time. Out the door. It's good. At one point you had said um, that we'll, we'll take advantage of that extra day. And I'm like, you know, we stopped saying that that was a possibility like five years ago. It was once upon a time we said we'll be, on, we'll be out on or around Tuesday, August 22nd or whatever the date would be in that particular year. About five years ago, I was like, no, you know what? We're hitting it every year. This is it. We're, we're guaranteeing it's going to be out at noon on this particular Tuesday. And uh, it was um, this year was a bit of a rush to get there. Yeah, and, and, and you know, at this point, there really aren't any surprises. It's um, Some of it is just us um, gathering everything, obviously. And then so many things always happen last minute. You get people updating their team previews. You get uh, features that you didn't think were going to come in. They sort of said, all right, we're done with that one, and then it shows up, uh, someone <laughs> yeah. calls back. So uh, it, there are moving parts right up until we press publish on, on Tuesday afternoon. And possibly even a few minutes afterwards. Nobody needs to know that. <laughs> it's now time to go around the nation in Division Three football. And here are your hosts, Pat Coleman and Keith McMillan. If, if you feel like you've jumped into the middle of the podcast, yes, you've jumped into the middle of the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Around the Nation podcast. That was Keith McMillan. I'm Pat Coleman. That's the pleasantries. We're somewhere in a in the vast middle between off-season mode podcast and in-season mode. I did not bring three 10-minute interviews to uh, drop into this podcast uh, because we spent the majority of our time doing a couple things over the last month. Uh, one is, of course, that kickoff thing that we've been talking about. And if you haven't seen it on the front page of our website, if you only interact with d3football.com through the podcast, um, I mean, that's pretty cool. But uh, go check out uh, the front page of d3football.com. You can't miss content about kickoff. It pretty much dominates right now. The other thing that we've been working on is, uh, in addition to getting ready for the season, was me driving uh, 1,200 miles across the country um, to drop off my oldest child at college in Washington D.C., but on the way, trying to make the uh, trying to make the best out of it from a D3 standpoint, stopping at University of St. Thomas, UW Whitewater, Franklin College, uh, Capital University, uh, Frostburg State University, and Washington Jefferson College. I was a little bit out of order there at the last, but I did get all six of those uh, schools in. Um, so those were things that I did instead of sitting down with coaches over Skype or driving to Decorah, Iowa, or wherever else we would have gone to some of these places this year. So um, we will have a little bit of that in the course of this, but that's kind of what we've been up to. Yeah, and those those um, on-the-road segments are, um, first of all, nicely produced. But, um, I'm trying to learn how to do video. <laughs> they're, uh, they're on YouTube so uh, and also on the website, so you can, uh, you can watch those. And I thought the cool part about it was that you found a route that, for the most part, hits teams that are not just on the way from um, the Twin Cities or Minnesota to, to D.C., but, um, but hit schools that were all going to be relevant this season for the most part. I mean, what are, you, what are the chances you happen to do this on a year at Frostburg State's going to be really good? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, in a sense, it's kind of hard to go wrong. Uh, you've, you've, we're, uh, to go that route, you're going past about 150 schools. Sure. 
Oh, uh, maybe not 150. That's maybe, but that's not much of an exaggeration. A significant portion of Div of Division Three is in that span between those two uh, be between those two cities. So you know, we didn't stop at Mount Union, a little bit too far from the interstate. Uh, John Carroll was on the northern route, um, and I was not going through Cleveland this time. But you know, there's a, a lot of things in Division Three going on in that space. You could do this on the way back. Actually, take that, take that way. Pennsylvania Turnpike, maybe, and through Ohio. <laughs> so, uh, long story, very, very short. Drove out here with my oldest, who is a, uh, uh, at one point was a, a budding cinematographer and had some great insight and, and ideas as to how to make things better, which is why the fifth and sixth videos are so much better than the, the first couple. Um, on the way back, uh, so my wife flew out here to the D.C. area to do the drop-off thing for the first day of college, and then we are driving back together, and I do not think that uh, we're going to be wanting to spend any more time in the car than necessary. Uh, we've got stuff to get back to. And and Kate doesn't have a whole lot of uh, interest in stopping at random Division three schools. Whereas a 19-year-old is like, yeah, okay, if I have Wi-Fi, that's fine. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And little known fact, uh, this point in the year is always your wife's birthday too, right? Yeah. So it's, my uh... wife's birthday was yesterday. We happy birthday, Kate. We dropped off our oldest child at George Washington University. So you know, go all I'll go stalk my child at a non division three school. But I mean you get you get a chance to to immerse yourself in D three for pretty much the entire month of August. And then you have to take a break and pay attention to your family for a couple of days. Because once the games start, it's uh, and you guys all out there listening know this because your coaches or players or fans, once it starts, it's very routine and it's every Saturday, sometimes Friday or Thursday night. And uh, that's part of the fun of the season, but it's quite a rush and you don't get as much time at home. Once you pop, you can't stop. When you read kickoff, what? I don't even remember which. I tried not to laugh, <laughs> so we could keep moving. But... Um, we're both in the same room. Uh, and this, is, this happens for about two podcasts a year out of the 20. So it's, uh, uh, I don't know. Hopefully it's more fun. Hopefully it sounds better. Um, the, uh, when you were reading kickoff, Keith, what, were the, what was the favorite thing you read or the most interesting thing that you read that you think people might not otherwise stumble upon if we weren't talking about it right now? Yeah, well, from the, from the very top, the, the theme this year that we came up with was, was aim theory. That's what we put on the cover and is obviously a play on the term game theory. But it's, oh, oh, that's what it is. It's, it's, um, it's that everybody has something to aim for. And we started off with, with uh, Wisconsin Oshkosh, um, who's you know, three points short of... of Winning the Stag Bowl, or I guess three points short of tying it for the well, yeah, keeping this. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, uh, then we you know went down a level to Barry and Rose Holman programs that either broke through to the playoffs or were on the fringe of breaking through to the playoffs last season. What their goal is? How do they get to that next level where they can compete with North Central, for instance, is mentioned in the piece. This is all the cover story written by Adam Turr, and um, and then um, you know we went down to Dean and Alfred State and. Brevard, you say Brevard? I don't I even believe, know. How to say I think it. it's Brevard, yeah. Um, I haven't heard. If you know otherwise, let us know. The the schools that are new to D three, Alfred State has has uh, been transitioning for a couple of years, but um, you know they have goals that they set too. So the cover piece was obviously really cool. It was good to check in with Mountain Union, Mary Harden, Baylor, St. Thomas, and St. John's. Those features. I mean, you got to check in with those programs, right? And we also did a cool feature on the. Um, on what it's like for the coaches, uh, particularly at John Carroll and East Texas Baptist, to have to, most coaching changes happen when um, when a program has hit hit the skids, rock bottom. They change, and the new coach has a has basically a free year to come in, yeah. set things the way they want to set it, and um, build a culture. Maybe sometimes two years, or maybe sometimes half a season. Five, yeah, whatever. <laughs> in uh, in the case of John Carroll. 
they're semifinalists. They want to make the leap to national champion next season. So the new coach, who's been successful uh, in Ohio high school ranks, um, no time for any of that. Setting the tone, you know, you, you get to know the kids and you dive right in. Same thing, East Texas Baptist. Uh, those were all cool, but my favorite thing to answer the question you asked like two minutes ago is... Um, I, if this is your first podcast, this is exactly how it goes. Yeah, this is what we do. Um, and people still listen, so when you stop listening, we'll start being more change, brief. We'll, we'll change yeah. it, yeah. Um, the coolest thing was getting a chance to link up with a couple of uh, three ex-players, um, Ben Thompson from Christopher Newport, Brady Gravold from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, and uh, Tyler Aston from Dickinson, guys who had played defensive line, offensive line, and defensive back in, in college. And basically all we did was um, we were kind, Mary Harden Baylor was kind enough to loan us the, or let us see the tapes, the videos of the <laughs> last, um, the, the, the final and the two semifinals last season. And so I asked these three X players to watch it and basically tell us, um, is defense taking over again in D3? Because last season, scoring was through the roof. Teams averaged almost 28 points a game. Um, and that's an average. So that means a bunch of them were scoring 30, yeah. 40, 50 in games. Um, and then all of a sudden we hit the semifinals and, uh, and we had a 14-12 10-3, I think we've worn this storyline out if you've been following us. So you know um, you know that, that 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 happened last season. <laughs> We're just waiting for more games to be played, that's all. But the, the cool part was to, to get with them and talk a little bit about the future of the game. So if uh, if you want to read kickoff and you know you first you go in, you read about your team, you read about the teams your team plays, your conference, maybe anywhere you overlap, take a look at the, the playoff sleepers. I think the next thing I would jump to is either that cover story or that uh, that deal with the uh with the extra players with the x players who uh who you know we got a chance to rap a little bit about where the game's headed i gotta ask because we did not talk about this how did the how did you make the round table happen how'd you get all these guys in the same conversation because it was clearly not you asking a question via email and then getting three separate responses and stitching it together it was the, the interaction was evident so yeah so we did it on on gchat which is a little like like a five years ago solution <laughs> okay. but it happened to work sorry um, slack yeah, not, for, not that you're sponsoring us, so like every um, other podcast. And then you know, and then just a couple of answers. You know, when we answered like out of out of turn, I just went through the editing process. I put it back where the question sure. that it belongs. But other than that, um, it, it was it was basically the having three of those three guys who were real easy to work with had plenty to say. All of them can write. Tyler and, and Brady um, do all twenty two stuff. So that was the original thought when I you know Brady's always posting stuff on. Uh, you know, play diagrams and cool plays that he's seen um, at the college level. Uh, he's a high school coach right now. Uh, um, and so he's always posting that stuff on Twitter. Tyler, I've seen do it for the NFL. Uh, and Ben reached out to see if we had any writing gigs open. And uh, it was probably just when we had finalized the, the kickoff lineup. So I didn't have anything um, that I could assign him for that. But I thought, it's, you know, why waste an X player who can write? And so we got the three of the guys, three of the guys together, and um, I thought they had just had some good thoughts on where football is headed. You know, they're a natural push and pull. If the offense makes these innovations, yeah. After a couple of years, the defense starts to figure things out. But um, but also too, there are simple things that never change. You know, you, you have to be able to tackle. Um, I think the biggest change that they pointed out, and I, w- I would hope you read the piece, but if if you don't get a chance to, uh, it's that defenses are. are Relying more on speed and, and hybrid players now because offenses go so fast, um, they don't give the defense an opportunity to substitute. 
And that means you have to have players who can sometimes be a safety, sometimes be a linebacker, maybe sometimes have to, have to walk up to the line. Um, players that can cover and tackle. This is not a new concept, but to be able to rely on more of them. And one of the things we brought up in the piece was that um, that actually may play well into Division three recruiters' hands because a lot of guys you're recruiting are tweeners anyway. Yeah, yeah that totally makes sense. Uh, the thing I enjoyed the most, aside from the big packages and, and the stuff that you've talked about, uh, were a couple of things, a couple of uh, just um, features that you might otherwise were think, think were a little bit obscure. Um, the, one of them was a feature on Hope running back Brandon Campbell, is a guy who had been told at various levels of his career, no, you're going to play offensive line. No, we only want you to play special teams. Um, Coach Sturzma came into the Hope program at the before last season and said, no, you are going to be a running back. And this is the story of, of what happened within that. Uh, that's something that uh, I would say we tweeted out today. But, of course, this podcast won't drop for a little while after that. So that was tweeted out on, uh, what's today? Today's Thursday, August 24th. Um, Clearly you've been in the car for a week. <laughs> seriously, I, I have been, I've been away from home for seven days. This is a, a little disorienting. Did a second load of laundry. The other thing I like, and not to promote my my own work because it's really what the what the interview subject said in the Q and A that uh, I had with uh, McMurray running back Chaz Middlebrook, just has an amazing backstory. Uh, really interesting guy, um, and not to uh, give too much of it away right now. I would just like people to go read it. It's a Q and A. It'll take you about five minutes. Do not miss out if you don't remember who Chaz Middlebrook is. That's the guy who, if you were looking at last year's uh, yards per game. Uh, stats for rushing nationally. He's the guy who would be in the number one spot. So um, that's why I, I thought he'd be an interesting subject. And having talked with all the UMAC coaches every year for the last five or six years or so, uh, the McMurray coach was like, this is a guy you really need to talk to. And it was not last year when he said it that I got around to it, but this year. And it was uh, th- the fact that he was the nation's leading rusher last year just makes it uh, something that's more... Um, sellable i guess for lack of a better term to uh to people who want to read it because you really want to read about the rest of it too yeah so to take like a giant step back you know the the whole theory behind kickoff we've mentioned plenty of times was to sort of uh do what college football preview magazines had done uh in a in the pre-internet age almost um, but have this big meaty preview that was devoted to division three and not just have a page of d3 from stuff that was gathered in may like we want to have it as close to the season as possible um, and then we want to have it done sort of for and by um, Division three people. So some of the folks that we use um, have clear allegiances to, to particular Division three programs, but we felt that it's, uh, it's more important to have someone who cares about D3 and understands D3 um, yeah. rather than someone who's completely uh, objective. So I, I think this is an opportunity with 10 days before the season. So everybody who's listening uh, and everybody who follows a program, coaches a program or somehow attached to one, is eager for the season to start. And so this is that time for you to um, – you don't have anything yet quite to sink your teeth into yet. Maybe a scrimmage, maybe a, you know, a, a live practice that you got to go see or something. But you're still kind of hungry for more. And so this is a chance to, to branch out a little bit read about we wouldn't write about anybody for kickoff with the exception of a few that doesn't have a really amazing story so this is a good chance to kind of scroll through what everybody else is doing and give yourself an idea of what you're going up against and uh and who you're going to be trying to beat this season whether it's uh in september october november or december december i'm not quite ready for december just fyi well but we can get to september pretty quickly though i feel like um 
once kickoff goes out the door, I feel like <clears throat> then I'm just about ready for September. So that's good. Um, I wanted to pull out some of the things that coaches talked to us about on the road trip that I was not able to uh, not able to fit into these videos. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, there's a significant amount of stuff left on the virtual cutting room floor or in for in a more reasonable term kind of stuck in a folder on my hard drive that otherwise I wouldn't be making any good use of. So um, just to kind of reset the scene at, uh, at St. Thomas, when I was there, uh, it was just a, a regular everyday practice. Um, UW-Whitewater was doing a scrimmage. They had College of DuPage, which is a two-year school out of the Chicago area. They were coming up for that. Um, at Franklin, I would happen to be there between practices. Um, we had a lot of footage of us on a golf cart, which we'll skip, I don't, I think, <laughs> unless that gets into some year-end, I don't know what. <laughs> uh, a lot of time on a golf cart. Um, at uh, Capitol, they were doing uh, inter-squad scrimmage. They were supposed to scrimmage somebody from the outside, but whatever school that was called them and said, hey, uh, we're not going to have enough players. So I don't know who that was, but that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, they did not have that. Uh, at uh, W&J, They'd had their uh, their inter-squad scrimmage the day before. I think everybody knows. Does everybody know W&J scrimmage is Mountain Union? I don't think everybody knows that, but they do now. <laughs> Another thousand or so people know that now if they didn't know that before. Uh, this was their inter-squad scrimmage, but they had named their starting quarterback. Um, and then at Frostburg, uh, Delane Fitzgerald was like, here's my here's our schedule for the entire day for Sunday. Um, do you want you know, Do you want me to move a practice? I'm like... I'm not ESPN. Um, I don't want you to move a practice. I am not entirely sure that you as the sixth program on my list, the second one on Sunday, what time I'm going to get to your campus, right? <laughs> right? So uh, we just made it work. But I love that kind of cooperation, in all honesty, yeah. because it's so rare. Because there are 249 football playing schools, it's so rare that we can get to campus. You know, I think we worked yeah. this out one time. It would take even the two of us, we went every game Every game day would take, you know, like eight years to, to hit every camp, so yeah. 10 years or something. So, um, so yeah, I love that, that um, you know, you, you were able to do this. And I think the cool thing about it, from my point of view, is you know, we spend a lot of time looking at the stats, the numbers, the stories, the writing, uh, the still photography. Um, but we don't get as much opportunity to really just be on campus with these programs yeah. and, uh, and get a feel for what it's like. I, I'm always fascinated by the difference in facilities between one place or other, or the difference in, you know, the size of players, or just you see like there was the one in, in you know Caruso was talking about the turf versus the um, the color like the battle that they have between um, wanting to make the track purple at St. Thomas. There's so many little things that are kind of interesting um, that I think you got a chance to do um, on video and and people can see it and and obviously you can see it on the website but also um, on YouTube and that's not part of kickoff. So if you're uh, that, that's free. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> that's free content. Now we're on a part with any of your funds <laughs> for our fine work. You can check that out. Um, all, everybody was super gracious about it too. When uh, I only contacted those six schools, nobody said no. It was it was super great. So I watched Whitewater scrimmage, and scrimmages are not something that I typically spend a lot of time with. I don't feel like I learn a lot from watching practice or watching scrimmage necessarily. Um, but uh, I also kind of poked my head into Kevin Bullis's post-game huddle. He's got you know his team as he's talking to him before they break off and talk in positions and stuff like that. And uh, in that post-game talk, Kevin Bullis told them that he wanted to see more leadership from the sidelines. And I asked him what he meant by that. 
leadership is such a point of emphasis for us and and it's really something in the sense of guys um, being able to keep each other in the present and that's a term that we really talk about is really doing a great job of um, keeping each other in the present in the game of football or any sport it's so easy to get caught up on the last play in the sense of whether it was a great play or whether it was a bad play or whatever it may be the key piece is getting yourself going into that next play and that was really been a kind of a point of emphasis for us all camp you know, it's, it's, the old, it's really the same saying as, um, you know, one snap at a time. We've heard that phrase forever, um, but it's to us kind of the new twist on it is being the present. And that's something that's been a point of emphasis. And, and so I wanted to keep on uh, hammering that home and, and, and continuing to emphasize that piece. Well, I think the cool thing about that is hearing, you know, that's, that's Wisconsin Whitewater talking. You know, you took your, your camera or phone or whatever. Camera, yeah. It was actual camera. Actual right. camera, tripod to, and everything. To St. Thomas. That's a stag bowl level program. And then W&J and Frostburg teams that can win eight, nine, ten games in a season. So I think the it kind of almost goes with the cover theme uh, of, you know, you got everybody's got something to shoot for. But I also think when you get to peek in on what Whitewater's doing and what St. Thomas is doing, uh, there are things that other programs that won't maybe ever necessarily compete with them can draw from that and apply to their own program. One of the other clips I brought for this show today, Keith, uh, Delane Fitzgerald talked uh, at the end of our conversation on Sunday about the just kind of the overall story arc and the resurgence of the Frostburg State football program. Um, I didn't have a, a room to get a lot of that in the video, but here's a shorter segment that talks about what their goals are for this season after going 10-1 and last year. When people ask us, you know, what are we doing going forward? We don't have long-term goals in this football program. Our, our goals right now are the same as they were in 2014. Let's get better each day that we wake up. When the alarm clock goes off in the morning, let's get better that day. And then let's win a game each week. So whoever our next opponent is, let's try to be successful against that opponent. And then the following week, we'll move on to the next opponent. And the president has assured me here, if we win one game each week, that he's going to be happy with us at the end of each season. Instead of one snap at a time, that's one game at a time. But, you know, similar theory um, and, and obviously something that that um, most teams can relate to. It's not obviously not like a groundbreaking theory, but the fact that they hammer it and, and, and stick with it. I think the interesting thing about talking to Frostburg State is that um, you when you and I say, when you and I do the rankings like 1 to 249, it's kind of easy. Sorry, I had flashbacks there. Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of easy to get the first few on the bottom. The top 25 is set. And then, you know, the first few, 26 to 35, you have a good idea who's going to be there. And we spend a lot of time on this vast middle. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes our audience is a lot of teams in that vast middle. And so if you're one of those teams, you might not be able to really ever be what Mountain Union is or what, uh, what St. Thomas and Whitewater and Mary Hart and Baylor are. But you can be, you can do what Frostburg State's done, which is take your program from the lower end of their conference to being a, a team coming off 10 wins, 20 starters back. You, yeah. know, you can have years like that and maybe back-to-back years where you're very successful. And suddenly, we were just the team that was attached to all the other good teams in the conference. And you, when the conference moves, Frostburg State kind of got dragged along yeah. to the uh, from the ACFC to the Empire 8, now to the NJAC. Now they're, they're a team to beat, or one of them. I was trying to think as you were talking about that, who some of the schools are that kind of went through that process previously. Um, you know, for a long time, hmm. I was going to say somebody, but that's not that's not a good uh, that's not a good analogy. 
So I'm trying to think about who uh, who's somebody who has kind of been at the bottom end of their conference, probably when we started this doing this umpteen years ago, and now is one of those teams that has kind of grown in. I guess St. Thomas could be one of them. They were two and eight when Glenn Caruso took over. St. John's had been whipping them soundly for years, it seemed. For sure, that, that's actually a good example. The one that comes to mind, it's a little out of date, is Bridgewater. That they were really bad in the ODAC, kind of yeah. got up to um, to Stag Bowl level and perennial playoff level till about 2005 or six, and they've been kind of slid back without really ever, ever having a coaching change. They've slid back to just being sort of a middle of the pack team that has a good year every once in a while. Um, you know, we've seen programs like Occidental and Cal Lutheran rise up and have like sort of four year runs or five year runs yeah. at the top of their program and then slide back as someone else comes up. So I think you and I now have a unique perspective of doing this for 15 or t- getting close to 20 years <laughs> where we've seen the um, teams rise. And, and that's what makes the, the Hobarts and the Johns Hopkins and uh, obviously the program you mentioned before, Linfield. Uh, that's what makes their runs of success so remarkable is that they've been able to maintain it without ever really having a long drop off. But I think it's it's possible. St. Lawrence, speaking of Hobart, um, St. Lawrence is a great example of a program yeah. that was 0 and 10 and is now eight nine wins uh, every season. Sometimes those those runs last for a couple of years, or you either have a couple of great classes. Right. And then, you know, your coach moves on or other teams catch you know, up with what you're doing. One or real awesome quarterback or running back see, or whatever. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's like Case Western Reserve had this great run with, with Dan Whalen, and then they fell back, and they're just getting back up again. Um, there have definitely been times. I was really curious with, uh, with John Carroll last year how much of their quick rise was because Mark Myers, the Pittsburgh transfer, was their quarterback. And, and now I'm curious how much of it was, was Tom Marth. <laughs> and so we'll see if they can uh, if they can stay up there with Mount Union. But I do think it, it does happen. Uh, the teams cycle up, and obviously teams, uh, when one cycles up, another tends to cycle down. But, but I think it gives hope to a good you know, 220 programs in D3 that even if you're coming off a three-win season, and you're a freshman or, or your son is a freshman or whatever the case may be, there's a chance you, you, you can rise up and at least be a playoff team by the time he leaves. Yeah. Um, one of the other things you wanted to talk about in this podcast was predictions. Yeah, that's actually just my favorite part of kickoff. When It's the very last thing when you go through the scroll. Uh, it's, our, it's our predictions for the season. Um, and we pick 20 things. Some of them are kind of random and some of them are pretty... Um, <laughs> Pretty in ha- straightforward. In house, we used to call this "predict this," but yeah. that doesn't really translate very well. In no, text. it's not. A, it's not a good headline. Not that it, we ever put a great headline on it, um, because the word "predict" just you know people are like, "All right, yes, I'm in." Um, but it's it's my favorite thing, just because we you know, we have a ball with it, and then we check ourselves at the end of the season. We always come back yeah. and and see who um, basically how hard this is to really predict. Yeah, you can you can get. I'm pretty sure Mount Union's going to be in the semifinals at least, if not the Stag Bowl. But once you start getting below that, you know, there are conferences like the Empire 8 or Iowa uh, or to a lesser degree, you know, ODAC or, or Minnesota, where you just can't pick the champion at the beginning of the season. Um, there are going to be four or five teams in contention. And so we, we look for um, predictions that are a little tougher than, you know, who might get back to the Stag Bowl. But that's also in there, too. Like you said, we do grade ourselves on these at the end of the year. Now, generally, I like to just kind of set them aside and not look at them too much, um, especially because uh, you and I have a pretty significant 
role in deciding who actually is the offensive and defensive player of the year, and I don't want to be influenced by what we thought in August. Although, generally, uh, what we think in August, unless a guy gets hurt, is something that's at least, that's a guy who at least is going to be in the conversation at the end of the year. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up because we, um, that's one of the, the things we predict, who's going to be the offensive and defensive player of the year. Pretty much everybody, unless they were trying to be a hipster and and pick a <laughs> tackle from Wesley, pretty much everybody thought Jordan Roberts from St. Thomas uh, was the safest bet for, for offensive player of the year. This guy who rushed for 2,000 yards the year before last and then spent a lot of last season. I had to go back and see who picked Matt Gono. I, I remembered who it was. remember who the tackle was, but not who picked him. Now, now you know what? That may end up being the smart pick when draft day rolls around next year. <laughs> Yeah, but the grades come out well before next April. So. Right. But I thought the cool thing was we all we all settled on, just about all of us settled on a different defensive player. And not all, they were mostly uh, All-Americans, but not all first-team All-Americans. And it just shows you the range of, of defensive talent right now that's that's in D3. Um, the, the, the picks were Chase Greenlee, Mike Vidal, Haston Adams, Charlie Deer, Mason McKenrick, and uh, Mamadou Samahoro from Berry. So look... Each one of those guys is a pretty legit pick. You can be, you can make an argument for for any one of them. Um, you know, Haston Adams has those those huge moments for Mary Harden Baylor <laughs> across the season yeah. last uh, last year. Mike Vidal's been a terror on the defensive line. Mason McKenrick was a huge part of of the John Carroll defense last season, and and that was um, defense carried them pretty far. So I, I think um, that those kind of things are fun to me, and I think you guys. Um, if you get a chance, and this is also an easy thing to get in and get out of, you don't have to commit a lot of time to reading it. Um, just scrolling through the predictions, and you can, you know, you get. If one of your teams is mentioned, you can get frustrated over it and, and yeah. yell at us in the comments. Did you really think Catholics going to win the new Mac? I, honestly, I, I read. So I also edited the new Mac previews, and James Baker convinced me that Merch Marine is going to win it. But I, but the whole thing with Catholic is so many times when we see new conferences created in the Northeast. Teams that come from stronger conferences tend to do really well. So that was my logic behind Catholic. And also, I think sometimes you just want to be a little different. You just don't want to pick who, who everyone else is picking. It's a boring question if we all say Springfield and Merchant Marine. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so I went with Catholic. All right. Well, I appreciate that. That's right. Uh, Catholic alum here. <laughs> I did not. And uh, maybe I'll hear it, but I, did, uh, I didn't stop by Catholic's campus other than to just show my wife how it's changed since in the 20 years since we graduated. Kate has not been back in D.C. since we moved away in 2008. She lets you go every year. but I, I'm not. here multiple times a year, yes. There was one other piece of uh, stuff that we left on the, the cutting room floor, and I wanted to kind of build a separate topic around it because the buzz is really beginning to build for the St. Thomas-St. John's game, the one that's at Target Field in Minneapolis in Week 4. Target Field, if you're not up on all the baseball stadiums, sponsors' names, that's where the Minnesota Twins play. Um, so expect it to shatter the unofficial attendance record, which... We're the ones who maintain. Uh, presumably kind of put it out of reach because we've heard in the neighborhood of like 25,000 tickets may have been sold already and walk-up could be pretty significant if it's a great day. Can we make that the official <laughs> attendance record at some point then? Well, I mean, this will have a turnstile and everything. Maybe we should just get our uh, get those folks over in Indianapolis to uh, start recognizing the, uh, this record. It would be nice if it has a number that has a two in front of it too because then it's really... It's seems, legit. Yeah, it's like something that, yeah... That, uh, that other programs would be like, okay, that's pretty nice. Hey, yeah, that's why D3. Um, so, uh, you know, any like any coach who's any, uh, ever uttered a word of coach speak to a fan or a reporter, of course, Glenn Caruso didn't say much about it. But I'm going to share it with you anyway. 
that's pretty impressive that you got 30 seconds of not saying much. You know, we haven't talked about it yet. I had someone ask me the other day, you know, what do you talk about when you talk about that game? And very simply, we don't talk about that game. We're not dumb. We understand it's an unbelievable game versus a great opponent and two teams that are playing some pretty good football right about now. Um, and I, I really believe that Minnesota deserves to have an atmosphere where you can put that many people in and see a great uh, Mayak football game. So, yeah, I mean, you know the coaches talk, right? And it's the way it is. Right now, I'm worried about being as good as we can on a Thursday afternoon. And when it gets to game week, we'll focus in on our first opponent. But when it comes time for that game, we'll make sure that we turn our attention to it. It should be a nice atmosphere. Keith, you and I are also trying to focus on being the best we can on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, we, we probably could could do a little better if we, if we had coaching like Glenn Caruso. Um, I understand what he's saying. Um, they have three games before they play St. John, so that's that game's September 23rd, and it's a big deal to us, and it's a big deal to people uh, in Minnesota and to St. John's and St. Thomas alum. I happen to work with one of each okay. at the Washington Post. Wow. Um, and they've they already started talking about it. Are so they going it, out there? Uh, I don't uh, – maybe one of them. He, he tells me whenever he's traveling back. Um but in any case, it uh, it's a big deal. But to a, the you know, the coach can't jump four games ahead. They have to yeah. play Wisconsin, Eau Claire, Wisconsin Stout, and Carlton before they can you know and clearly get to three and zero before they can worry about getting to four and zero. Are you saying they're likely to get to three and zero? I am now. That I mean, I that's be... our top twenty five poll probably says that too. So. Right. See, I to, we got to <laughs> stick to what our predictions say. I mean, we will be proven wrong over and over and over this year. The predictions won't hold up. 100% they never do. I like to think they maybe hit 55 or 60, though. Well, you know what I like is um, uh, Ralph Turner, the uh, McMurray fan in the American Southwest Conference, who's been a big supporter of the site for many years, uh, has often taken the kickoff rankings and put them into the ASC Pick'em Contest that's conducted mm. on the message board. If you're not a member of our message board, uh, go to d3boards.com and register with a legitimate email address. That would be great. We'd love to see you. That that's a forum, a message board. That's a, those are things people did in the '90s, but we still have one. Um, anyway, uh, those predictions often have held up pretty well, uh, and that's even though you know we make those predictions in August and they never change. Whereas, you know, if you're if you're in an actual weekly pick'em contest, your impression of each team changes over the course of each of those eleven weeks, right? Whereas for us, uh, we've made those predictions uh, in August and they're never changing. So. That's the, uh, that's the thing I find interesting about that. Whether it's a good prediction or not, often what I like is that we are generally coming at it from a non-biased point of view, um, and that, I think, helps out. Yeah, and, and it's a, this is a, probably a good time to plug all the folks who, who wrote for us in kickoff. Pat may write 30 conference previews himself, but he can't write 249. Yeah, I suppose you could. 30 team previews. Let's, do that, let's do that one year. Well, I'm just going to start now for next year. Start now for 2019. Um, <laughs> I'm working on the Finlandia 2019 preview. Um, so, yeah, we have a, a wide, uh, or a diverse set of folks who give us a lot of their time at probably what's uh, what's under market value, but it um, we really do appreciate what they do. And the great thing about that, of course, is they touch base with every coach in every conference. So we're, we're not sort of winging these predictions, right? You get a lot of input. Yeah. And for the writers who do it really well... You can tell when you read their conferences that um, the 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 breakout player of the year, for example, one of one of the things we try to do in kickoff is give you something new that you didn't already know, even if you happen to follow the team or you be a, a, a opponent. 
um, you know, you should know fairly who's good on, on your rival team, right? Yeah. Um, I'd like to tell you something new about each one of those teams. And the ones, the writers who do this really well, um, you can tell because there'll be somebody you never heard of before or, or someone, um, you know, some great detail about a player who, who's just kind of popping up out of the blue. So, yeah. Uh, I like when I talk to coaches, I always want to ask them, um, if they talk about a guy who's moving positions, it's like, did he, is he moving for fall camp? Did he move in the spring? Did he move mm. in the middle of the season last season? Because I think that affects, you know, your uh, a reader's impression of how prepared that guy might be, sure. right? Um, you know, when we're talking about uh, running backs, you know, tell me what kind of running back he is. Because, you know, I could look at stats or I could look at height and weight and maybe make an assumption based on those two things. But, you know... Asking those questions is going to get the coach talking a little bit more about their players. Yeah, and I feel like that—that's the difference between you know, any every school now has a great website. SID will give you a preview, so you can re- already read about these teams mm-hmm. somewhere in some way, or you can at least look up their stats. So we'd like to give you something beyond that, and uh, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't charge you if we couldn't. Right. So season is starting. Uh, first game is uh, coming up this week, uh, Thursday, August thirty-first. Handful of games on Thursday, handful of games on Friday, full slate on Saturday, September 2nd, as we get completely underway. So season is starting. Uh, Keith, you and I have an anniversary coming up as well. Apparently we do. We've been doing this podcast for 10 years. It was Podcasts weren't even as, as hip as they are That's now. That's true. I can't believe, well, what could be less hip than saying the word hip? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm 44 years old, so I'm automatically less hip. You're going to break a hip before we be, ever be hip again. <laughs> Whoa! Um, we've been doing this for 10 years. We started out, the first one I think was 10 minutes long. Yeah, um, like I you could know, almost run the entirety six times and then make it a podcast. Yeah, and, and now we've, we've grown past an hour and tried to come back and keep them under an hour. Although we've been told very often that people like to get an hour workout in and listen to the podcast. So it kind of okay. it, it lines up to where you, know, you get an hour lunch break and you can... You can bang it out. Personally, I have an hour commute, so I like I like anything that's like in the fifty-five minute range. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really amazing that we've we've um, been able to do it, and that people like D three enough to to want to listen. Yeah, literally, the first podcast was September fourth, two thousand seven. Uh, the first regular season podcast for us this year will be September fourth, two thousand seventeen. So that'll be podcast number one hundred and seventy-two. So. Uh, 173, excuse me. So uh, we'll, uh, you know, Keith and I will, we'll, we'll treat it like the gala event that it is. We'll get dressed up in our tuxes. We'll have a bunch of clips, and uh, and all of those things. And of course, all of the things that happen during week one of the uh, Division Three football season. You you still have your tux from your wedding, right? Ah, I wish, I wish. Uh, that would be really expensive to keep it on <laughs> rental from from June to now. I don't know what you mean. I turned that thing in. Um, I had a, I had a thought. Now I, for, I forgot. This is also how the podcast goes. Yeah, this almost never happens. I usually have too many thoughts, and I have to, I have to narrow them down. Um, I guess going back over the 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 ten years. Yeah, you're gonna this has to, changed quite a bit. Though, like the get, were you going to do the were you going to do the thing where we were talking about the first one was we were sitting in a bus stop shelter outside. No, no, I feel like we've told that story. Newspaper where we both used to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the. On the baggage carousel at Midway Airport. Or that, that was definitely one of the best. We obviously do one every year at the end of uh, at the end of the Stag Bowl, which yep. is like kind of live on air, but gets now chopped was, into a podcast. It was fun last year. Yeah, last year we did it at the Mac and Bob's where we get pizza and drinks after the game, 
and you know Stagwell gets over. By the time we're done writing about it, we have about an hour to, to eat, and then <laughs> yeah, and then the the MVP of the game walks in. So yeah, that's all. That was uh, that was pretty cool. That's an expectation that has been set. So uh, Stagwell XLIV coming up this year. Uh, that's right, isn't it? It's X- XLV it's coming up this year. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll expect to see whoever that most outstanding player is. Then is going to be running around the field. I'm going to Mac and Bob's. <laughs> that's we got to lock that sponsorship in. <laughs> well, it's only for one more year though, because this is the last. I know Stag Bowl in Salem, which I think is going to be a big change a year out from now, but also give us an opportunity when we get down to Salem to celebrate what's been um, really the home of D3 for 25 years. Yeah, indeed. Um, and that'll be a that'll be a theme that uh, Adam Turr is going to hit in his first around the nation column coming up. Uh, you'll see that later this week, uh, and you'll see our uh, full game coverage and all of those things as we get into regular season of Division Three football for 2017. And this was Around the Nation podcast number 172 for August 2017. Thanks for listening, and uh, again, keep an eye on the rest of our coverage throughout the weeks headed up to kickoff. Kick off with a lowercase k. If you like our podcast, please consider rating it. That'll help other football fans find it. We really appreciate all of those uh, all of those positive reviews in iTunes. That's really awesome. Executive producer of the Around the Nation podcast is Pat Coleman. Production assistance provided by Dave McHugh. Our theme music is by Video Copilot and other music from bensound.com. Although we did not have a random throw the map, uh, throw the dart at a map spot. Uh, so I'll have to find some other uh, way to drop that music in. Because now I've put it into the credits. We have to use it. We'll, we'll fix that in post. Thanks to our guests, Kevin Bullis, Delane Fitzgerald, Glenn Caruso, and, and their sports information directors, Chris Lindecki, Noah Becker, and G. McGivern, for their time and help on this edition of our show. And, of course, to the guy sitting to my left, um, your right, I guess, if you're listening to this on the screen. He's in your left ear. That's not true. But he's the creator of Around the Nation on D3Football.com and my co-host, Keith so you can reach us to talk more about Division Three football on Twitter. We're not just here in a podcast. Uh, use the D3FB hashtag. I'm at D3Football on Twitter. Keith is at at D3Keith. Do you think I have to say the at twice when I read that? No, I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. That's um, overthinking. That we have that message. Uh, this, we're copy editors. At least I was, I'm was. i a copy editor still probably by trade. This is what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to overthink. When there are still editors in the news production process, we're supposed to think. I'm supposed to think big picture now as an assignment. <laughs> you have a t-shirt that's very uh, very apropos. I, I do. I'm wearing the Democracy Dies in Darkness t-shirt from the Washington Post. You know, on one hand, anytime your job gives out free t-shirts, you get one. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, it's kind of something we all stand for and believe in, that if you, if you shine a light on the truth, uh, this applies a little less to, to D3 than it does to, to other things <laughs> happening in the world. But, it, but if you do that, that... Uh, that freedom and, and decency will prevail. We try to keep all real news. Uh, we have a message board, which is maybe the opposite of that, devoted to Division Three football and Division Three sports. Did you know that? That's at uh, d3boards.com. D3-B-O-A-R-D-S. I've never spelled that out before. Join the conversation by registering to post there. And of course, you can follow d3football.com on Facebook as well. And with this, we declare an end to off-season podcast mode. Push out to the next show on the Monday morning after week one games. You can check in to get the pulse of Division Three football for the first week of the season and hear us do a bunch of crazy clips from the past ten years. That's gonna be weird. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. This is the perfect outro. What I wanted to say is <laughs> you, been, you, assume, you assume we're gonna have a rollout after this. We've been making the joke for ten years. <laughs> this is a in I guess an inside joke that Pat and I have that we'll add this to the blooper reel, like whenever we're talking uh, after after or off 
off yeah. air, whatever, right when we're about to do the podcast. But there's never been a blooper reel. <laughs> yeah. But if, if are you going to find some actual live bloopers from the past 10 years or live or just ridiculous moments? Um, yeah, this is where you like you wrap it up if you're uh, if you're getting off the uh, <laughs> treadmill. Yeah, you're you're walking back to your car. I I listen to podcasts to the, to, to, the, the shower, right? I listen to the bitter end. <laughs> so like do you, I. I feel like you, you don't get credit until it hits the zero. Well, I mean, a lot of people do what we do, and they have funny stuff at the yeah, end. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if our stuff is considered funny in the general circles, but uh, um, it's still here. Could be like, ha ha, laugh at you, funny. Well, yeah, that's true. Laughing at us, not with us. I mean, you're a hero for even going back and listening to old podcasts because <laughs> unless you played in a game in like 2011 and we you know and we talked about you on the podcast, it would be weird to go back and listen to it. Well, I did spend a lot of time in the car over the course of the past week. Fair enough. There are only so many Depeche Mode songs you can play and sing. I, I have a policy of truth. 